You're listening to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. Danny and Jason had many discussions and debates on the back porch while making pivotal investment moves with assets. That's right, with trading cards. They welcome you to the back porch and right into those discussions about current sports news with a fresh and unique twist. So come on and join us. Welcome to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jason. This is your co-host, Danny. And we have a fun-filled show for you fans today. Going to talk a little March Madness. It is that madness. The NBA, the NFL, going to talk about the 17th game and what it really means. And baseball. But first to this March Madness, Danny. I don't know how your bracket is, man, but my bracket is busted. It has been busted for a long time. Uh, in the midst of my bracket being busted, though, I do have two of the four Final Four teams in there. I do have Gonzaga, and I also have Baylor in the Final Four on my bracket. Michigan was almost there. What a game last night between Michigan and UCLA, but UCLA prevailed. And then Houston gets in there. Man, this is going to be interesting Final Four. And, man, I am so looking forward to this. Uh, long overdue, long overdue. So I'm ironically enough that Baylor-Houston, we're talking about two Texas teams. Uh, so the state of Texas is repping in the Final Four quite heavily. And then you have Gonzaga against UCLA. That's going to be an interesting matchup. After we you talk about who you have in the Final Four, I do want to touch on Gonzaga. I don't know if it's just me, but it just feels like Gonzaga is overrated. And maybe it's just because I'm thinking about different eras, mm-hmm. teams in different eras. I have to focus in on the here and now in terms of this Gonzaga team really matching up to multiple teams, being able to match up with multiple teams and them being able to run their offense. Uh, but man, I, I just think that if there's a big, man down low that can really uh, contain and really deal with and compete against uh, their center, that would really bode well for Gonzaga's opposing team. But before we get into that, Danny, who do you have in the Final Four? Well, Jason, I made a couple pivots after we had talked, and one in particular was Illinois. Still had them in the championship, but then I switched it to Gonzaga. So I had Gonzaga, Florida State, Man, <laughs> let me down big, man. Let me down big. Arkansas, they had their opportunities against Baylor. They just couldn't get over the hump in that game, which was a really good game. But they had some key turnovers in that game, and there were some major runs where they had to climb all the way back, and then they just couldn't get over the hump. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Illinois, with this March Madness, is the amount of close games, last-second shots, and just – the guard play, which has impacted a lot of games at the end in decision-making that mm-hmm. cost a lot of teams their ability to move forward in the tournament. As we talk about Gonzaga, or Gonzaga, undefeated is undefeated. But like if you look in the March Madness tournament, their path hasn't been difficult, right? They didn't have to play Kansas or Iowa. They bowed out early in the tournament. They've, they have beaten everybody in front of them, so you got to give them that respect. And they do have 
a great offense where they move the ball and Suggs is a pro. You got a pro guard there. You got Timmy. They just have a good team. But I think mm-hmm. one thing these teams have been missing has been going at Timmy. Thank you. They that's, have not. No one's been going too. at him to get him in foul trouble. That's what I was thinking, too. And you, and you know what, Danny? I had initially Gonzaga, Illinois mm-hmm. in the finals. Yep. And my thought process was now we finally have a big man that can go at Timmy. Yep. And now I think that would have been the difference maker. And I, I actually picked Illinois to win it all purely because of that. And to your point, I mean, we look at Gonzaga's or Gonzaga's uh, road to the Final Four. I mean, they played USC, won by uh, 19. They played Creighton, won by 18. Some would argue that Creighton was, their ranking was was a little bit too high. And then they played Oklahoma, won by 16. Mm-hmm. So I just think, to your point, I don't think they really gotten challenged, man. So this is going to be interesting, man. And, and and again, maybe I'm just looking at this year and comparing it, comparing them to different eras mm-hmm. of the big men. The guard play is nice. Ford's nice. I just still feel there's something I just can't put my finger on. I, I don't know. I, you know, when they play UCLA, I really want to see that game. Mm-hmm. If Gonzaga or Gonzaga makes it to the finals, we get to the championship game and they play either one, really barely Houston, but I would say even Baylor more so. If they play Baylor, that is going to be a game I really want to see and primarily want to see about the matchup down low. So we'll see what happens with that, man. And now to the NBA. Danny, we have high-quality players out for the buyout market going to various teams. We have the likes of Andre Drummond going to the Lake Show. But you have LaMarcus Aldridge going to the Brooklyn Nets. Here you have LaMarcus Aldridge, who was creme de la creme for Portland Trailblazers. Been with the San Antonio Spurs for a number of years. It just didn't work out there. He requested basically a buyout. He chooses to go to the Brooklyn Nets. This is the same Brooklyn Nets that just got Blake Griffin. But in terms of the competition, man, what what this ever happened to it? And so... I don't think I have as much a problem with Andre Drummond going to the Lake Lakers. Andre Drummond, the Cleveland Cavaliers sat Andre Drummond, a healthy scratch multiple games for an extended period of time, even embarrassed him where he was warming up. They told him, just go ahead and sit down on the bench. So Andre Drummond going to the Lakers, I mean, I guess that's a huge improvement, I think, on the Lakers front line. I think they're they're going to really once they're all healthy, that's gonna be really something to watch out for. Uh, you got a lot of good rebounding there off of Andre Drummond. That's gonna be really something to behold. I still think the Lakers are a little bit shaky at the guard position. That's something that's gonna be very interesting. But I mean LeBron brings the ball up a good portion of the time anyway. Man, I just think that is going to be something to watch there with Brooklyn they're going to need time to jail I don't know when KD is coming back so they're going to need time to jail and maybe it's probably that last stretch maybe it's like okay maybe 10 games 15 games before playoffs start that they all come back start to play they got some time together they still kind of work things out in the playoffs 
Mm-hmm. But man, I don't know when KD's coming back, man. How about you, Danny? So on the drumming pickup for the Lakers, it's a definite improvement over Gasol. We talked about this in previous podcasts, Jason, where losing Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee from last year's championship team is definitely impacting them on the defensive end. The one thing with Drummond is he's not a rim protector, but he's a big body, and now AD can play at the four where he's comfortable. He doesn't have to play at the five. Um, So that's definitely an improvement there and putting Gasol on the bench and getting Drummond some minutes now to hopefully hold them over until LeBron and Anthony Davis return from their injuries. Guard play, I agree. But if you think about last year, they're going to need KCP and Schroeder and those dudes. They got, they're going to have to hit shots. They don't mm-hmm. hit shots. Yeah, they will be in trouble. Mm-hmm. So definite improvement with Drummond coming to the team. Happy for him, man, because like you said, he was relegated to the bench and he was just sitting there and he was having a great year. Cleveland mm-hmm. actually started off pretty yeah. good. But he had a good landing spot, so uh, congratulations to him. As far as Aldridge and the Nets are concerned, they get another body, another big, another pretty good player. The main thing with Aldridge is spacing. He's going to space the floor for Harden, KD, and Kyrie to do their thing. Same thing with Blake, if you think about it. That's going to be their importance to the team is they can knock down that mid-range jumper, and then they can space the floor. Talk about a great opportunity for Giannis to – cement his legacy this early to take down this team. And this is where the Bucks having that continuity and gelling right now, mm-hmm. this is important. If they can get ahead of the Nets that way, heading into the playoffs, I think the Nets can be taken, honestly. They have a lot of talent there, but this is the time for Giannis to show why he has a Supermax deal. And for all, like Drew Holiday and Middleton, all these dudes are going to have to step up and play their A game if they run into Brooklyn. And speaking of Milwaukee, Jeff Teague now is with the Milwaukee Bucks. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's actually a big step up from DJ Augustine, taller player, one who knows Coach Bud's system uh, as they both were in the uh, Atlanta Hawks organization. The Bucks now has a great opportunity here. They still have an open roster spot. And there are rumors that they may actually try to go for Austin Rivers. So then now you have another shooter on hand here. You have another ball handler, uh, a younger player than Teague. And so this may bode well for the Milwaukee Bucks if they do get Austin Rivers. Because not only are you thinking about this playoff run, but you can also really consider the next year. And where you have a nice young guard up and coming, I think what he, Austin Rivers really needs, he just needs a stable place and a stable role. Yep. And I think if you give him that, he will actually flourish. And I think this system is, is one a system that can, can actually do that. The other thing, Danny, that I, I really enjoy now in watching the Bucks is how they switch on defense. And Drew Holiday was very adamant early in the season mm-hmm. that they need to do better defensively, that they need, need to focus in on switching. And what happens? They focus in on switching. And so now you can get some players that can really help with that defensive strategy. P.J. Tucker focuses on switching. Jeff Teague, who can also switch. Austin Rivers, if the bus get Austin Rivers has done switching. So now you have these interchangeable parts that can really bode well for your 
small lineup with Giannis at the five or even a big lineup. And now you have some additional shooters. So this is going to be very interesting if the Bucks get Austin Rivers. I agree with you, Danny. The Bucks can be trouble for a couple of teams in the Eastern Conference. This is going to be very intriguing. But the Bucks are going to have to really battle through this road trip. They didn't do that well against the Clippers, man. They lost by like 24. Uh, I don't know what the hell happened. No, look, I, I know what happened. The Clippers start shooting threes and start making threes. And making threes. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what – I mean, come on, man. But hopefully they can do something in this crisscross across the nation uh, road trip uh, and all. But what, what say you, Danny? How do you feel about these Milwaukee Bucks? Jason, we hit it on our last show. We actually talked about it, about Jeff T. He was bought out right when we were taping. We thought it was the perfect fit. You get veteran leadership. He's not going to rock the boat. He knows Bud's system. He's a, he's a pro's pro, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. You can depend on him. He plays good defense. He's steady at the point. So he's the perfect role player that they needed. Austin Rivers would be that same type of player, younger. And you get Austin Rivers who can hit the three. You can defend. You get those pieces now. You're solidifying that bench where it looks a little more intriguing now. I think it bodes well for the Bucks. And like I said, this is Giannis's time to prove himself, and he can cement his legacy against these Brooklyn Nets this year mm-hmm. if he can take this team to the championship. I can't wait for the playoffs. I know it's a couple months away still, but I can't wait just to see how these playoffs shake out with these teams. And you make a very interesting point, Danny. It seems like if the Milwaukee Bucks and Giannis, if they don't do it this year against the Brooklyn Nets, I don't know when they would do it. Because if the Brooklyn Nets stay together as currently constructed, mm-hmm. they're just going to get better and better. Because now they're starting to deal with jail even more. They would have a full offseason, a yep. full preseason, and training camp. Another year after Kevin De- uh, Durant's Achilles injury, if there's ever a time the Bucks should take advantage of this super team, that being the Brooklyn Nets, now's that time. And so now, Danny, we have the 17th game in the NFL becoming a reality. All that to me screams more money in the pockets of the NFL, eventually in the pockets of the players. But this is a 17th game without an additional buy. Uh, this is a 17th game that could honestly really impact playoff pairings or playoff seedings. And so I guess when you think about, let me take this to baseball, because baseball is a traditionalist type of sport and where it is littered with a lot of statistics based on 162 games. And that 162 games have gone for a number of years. I'm talking about close, probably even a century. And so you always kind of hear about the number of games, the, the stats, whatever the case may be. And with the NFL now going to the 17th game, I'm just really interested in knowing how the stats are going to look, be looked upon, how Hall of Fames in the future will be looked upon, how championships will be looked upon. 
So, yes, the 17th game was collectively bargained with players and the owners. At the same token, man, are you sacrificing a little bit of the stats, the data that really makes the NFL the NFL? What say you, Danny? I agree, Jason. I, I understand, obviously, why they're doing it, because you have money. They're trying to make up for the season last year due to COVID, not having the fans, the sales, things like that. Obviously, fancy football is a big business. Gambling is going to be huge. One less preseason game, which, come on now. But <laughs> when you think about it, you're compromising history, like you just mentioned. There's no correlation. So are you going to average stats to say someone from this era versus what we saw, you know, like a Tory Holt, for example, his numbers against someone in this era. So it's apples and oranges, if you want to think of it that way. And these leagues are built upon that because those are where the debates come from. So now if someone has a 2000 yard season, is it truly a 2000 yard season from the standpoint of, he did. He had to do it in 17 games versus mm-hmm. he did in mm-hmm. 16. The rest component now. So are teams going to rest players or use them differently because they're not getting an extra buy because of this extra game? How does that impact the game? And then just health, players' health. You remember CTE was the thing with yep. concussions. and But that's another game, man. And yep. how does that impact careers? It may just be one game if you think of it from a simplistic standpoint, but over a three-year period, a couple extra games, more collisions, yep, more opportunities exactly. to get hurt. So that's where it's a detriment to the players themselves, man. And and then is this the path to 18 games, ultimately where they want to get to? The ramifications of this is is pretty pretty large. It's all about the money. We know that. Yep. NFL is trying to get some. Players trying to get some. But, man, it would be probably good to have another buy weekend there uh, some way somehow and now to baseball Danny baseball is upon us this is this very intriguing man what you got so Jason just wanted to highlight uh, tomorrow is opening day for Major League Baseball locally the Brewers from our Wisconsin standpoint are opening up against the Minnesota Twins at American Family Field <laughs> not Miller Park <laughs> since American Family uh, bought the naming rights. So starting tomorrow, Major League Baseball across the league, games will be starting up. Brewers looking like they're going to have 25% capacity. So that'd be good for some of the fans to get in there and check it out and check out a game and get the the people, the workers, get back into the stadium, mm-hmm. you know, make some ends there due to what happened with COVID last year. So exciting. We're both big sports fans. So just mm-hmm. wanted to call it out. Knowing that this is upon us, it snuck up on us. Yep, it did. Just wanted to give a quick shout out to the Major League Baseball opening day. Yeah, this is a great time of year. And I'll just say this, Danny, uh, about baseball. I'm so happy that fans are going to be in the stands. But the thing about having fans in the stands, for a small market team like the Milwaukee Brewers, and where they get more, more revenue from, honestly, fans than they do even TV deals, I am so looking forward to opening day. I'm so looking forward to seeing fans in the stands. That seventh inning stretch is going to be phenomenal. <laughs> and I am just so looking forward to it, man. Here's to opening day. 
And thank you for joining us at Back Porch Talk Podcast. You can also join us on Twitter by tweeting us at back underscore podcast. For more information, you can go to our website, which is backporchtalkpodcast.com. You can also email us at backporchtalkpodcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you for joining us. And remember that there's enough hate in the world. So go ahead and spread a little love.